Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Uh, it's so great to be here with you guys today. I am on the road. I am running a time-sensitive errand, errand that um, happened to coincide with my recording time here. So you might hear a little bit of background noise. I do drive stick because I'm just cool like that. Uh, so you'll hear me shifting some gears a little bit. Uh, so I hope you don't mind. Um, anyway, I, uh, oh, I just before I get into today's content, I recorded a really cool podcast interview yesterday with uh, a good friend of mine who has, you know, he just, it's one of those people in your life, uh, in your life who kind of wears multiple hats. Like he's a mentor. Um, I've worked with him professionally. We're colleagues, like we've been on national television together, uh, but then he's a friend and we've really, um, I would say like we've brought our families together quite a bit the last year or so. And so, um, it's just that he feels like family. So it was a really fun interview. And um, one of the things we talked about is how to, um, you know, how to share with significant others about your struggles with sexuality. And, um, you know, this is a subject that we'll probably keep doubling down on because I think it's really important. And there's lots of layers to it. Like you're not gonna have somebody give you an answer that fully covers everything. But uh, this interview was solid and his answer was really good he's just he's so he's so profound and anyways I'm excited to share it with you so that's probably gonna gonna get released uh, beginning of next week stay tuned for that that's the interview with dr. Andrew Blackwood and um, and I can't wait to share it with you but uh, that's not what I want to talk about today um, I had a, a recent experience that sort of prompted today's pop podcast and basically um, it, it got me thinking about accountability and oh man, it, this is such a loaded subject. I, I think accountability is really, really important. Um, in general, you know, like the areas where I've grown the most are the areas where I was accountable, where somebody was in my life, they were monitoring my progress, they were bringing about correction when I made mistakes, and in my moments of struggle or anguish, they were there to support me and to make sure that I didn't regress or relapse. And I'm, I mean, I'm not just talking about recovering from a porn addiction. I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about my relationships. Even if you think about what a good school teacher will do for you uh, when you're going through the system, uh, they, they kind of play that role in your life. They hold you accountable for your learning and your development. And so I, I really believe in that, that whole concept. But my experience with accountability programs has been really poor over the years in the porn recovery space. Now, I would say I'm, I'm not in it as much uh, personally, like I'm running my own kind of programs here and I'm not struggling myself, so I'm not seeking those things out. But let me just give you a little bit of, a, of an idea. Like uh, 10 years ago, when I was uh, about, um, I, you know, I've been struggling for I guess about 11 or 12 years at that point. Um, and I had just reached the point where I was like, okay, enough's enough. I'm getting free of this thing. And a couple things prompted that, you know, I, I really committed my life back to Jesus. And in that commitment, realized, okay, I need to get 
rid of this like once and for all. I was already kind of living for him, but but now I was like both feet in. Um, I'm I'm not turning back, you know. And so I I made that decision, and then I had also come out of a, a difficult relationship where I got cheated on, and we weren't, you know, we weren't pure in our in our relationship either. We we made some mistakes, and I I didn't feel good about that, and I I really wanted to clean things up in the future. So I had a couple things going on that made me realize, okay, I need to get some help. And you know, I I just kind of started doing what everybody else was doing. So what is everybody else doing? Well, they install internet filters and they find accountability partners. So that's what I did too. And I actually had a, a system that was kind of a mixture of both. And I, I'm pretty sure the system is still around today, but it's basically where you set up the filter on your computer. So it, it blocks pornographic websites. No, sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't block them. Rather, it, it creates a list of people that are going to get emailed every single week with the different websites that you visited that were, you know, pornographic or questionable in their content. So it's it's kind of this idea of like maybe you won't look at porn as much if you know that so and so is going to find out. And usually you would set somebody of, you know, authority or significance in your life, like your wife or uh, your pastor or, you know, whoever it might be. So it's a, it's a really interesting system, and I had this thing set up with uh, a really good friend of mine. He's still to this day uh, one one of my closest friends. He was in my wedding party and everything. And the problem was that we were both struggling. So because we were both struggling, um, we're getting sent each other's lists every week, and I'm seeing the list of stuff he looked at, and I start clicking around looking at the websites that he looked at. And it was totally like the blind leading the blind, just complete dysfunctional accountability. Now, I know that not every single accountability system is like that. And I I would certainly not, you know, try to paint with a broad brushstroke here that like all accountability systems are just like that. They're fundamentally flawed and it's the blind leading the blind and whatever else. But I think it, it, it sort of made me realize that actually accountability is, it's important, but it, it has to be done right. Otherwise, it, it's not that effective, right? Like, you can't just sign up for a program or a system and say, perfect, like, the, the program will do its work, the system does, it, does its work. It doesn't work that way. You have to, you know, you have to find something you can really commit to that you're going to stay consistent with. And, and, you, and then you have to hope or, or pray or do your research so that you're actually selecting systems that are effective. So in, in my case, you know, I, it was both. I picked a system that was not going to work for me. Uh, but secondly, um, I, I would say I, I probably had just maybe a bit too much expectation. I, I thought that the accountability system would fix everything. It would be the, the sort of be all end all. And that wasn't the case. And so that uh, it, it's, it's on me in both regards. But interestingly enough, as I've you know shared my story more, especially when I go and speak at, at events and stuff like that, people usually will come up to me afterwards and, and share their experiences with accountability partners and accountability systems. And I mean, I've heard the whole gamut. You know, I've heard of people who um, got got linked up with somebody uh, They're You know, they start texting, but then it fizzles out. It just dies out after a while. Um, I've, uh, I've spoken with other people who have, you know, had some strong systems of accountability, but then 
they they didn't find that the accountability was actually doing anything for them. So they're, they're meeting up regularly and they're talking, but they're not really getting much out of it. So we really try to deep clean to, to learn from some of the, uh, you know, some of the, the flaws that these other systems have and, and to come up with a model that's really going to be effective. And, uh, and this is what sort of prompted the podcast today uh, is because I, I had this experience with my wife recently and I, I realized how powerful accountability is and just how powerful it is to have somebody in your life who, who is checking in with you and asking about you and, and not just asking like, you know, what's going on with work and, um, and how are the kids or how's your girlfriend or how's, you know, this new project you're working on, but somebody who's really intently asking like, how are you and what's going on in your inner world? So, um, a little bit of background. My, my wife and I have date night every single Wednesday night and, and it's just understood date night is a non-negotiable. We don't skip out. We don't reschedule. Um, and, unless there, there are rare exceptions where we maybe will push it to Tuesday or Thursday, but we always try to have that connection point midweek. And I'm going to guess that in the five years or so we've been together, um, we probably miss date night maybe five times. So like maybe once a year, we skip a date night, uh, but it, it rarely happens. And the I mean, we're both quality time people. So date night, it just does wonders for us individually. And it does wonders for our connection and our marriage. But my wife asked me this question recently in, in at our date night, and it, it struck me. And I thought this, this is worth sharing. This is like, this is good stuff. And this is something that... Um, that I think you you guys should be doing as well in your accountability partnerships and as well in your in your significant relationships with you know your wife your fiance your girlfriend uh, whoever it might be and if you're single I would start to think about what this practice might look like for you when you do get into a relationship assuming that's something you want and if you're content being single then maybe think about how this could apply to your close friendships because we we all need close connection whether it's romantic or not. So we're having date night. Uh, we're talking through, you know, what's going on. And, and my wife and I usually are pretty open with each other anyway. You know, we share about our fears and our struggles. And um, it, it's not superficial sharing. You know, we're, we're really quite open and transparent. But she asked me this question that um, I guess for me, it just it took things to the next level. And I, I was so excited. I was kind of caught off guard, a little bit scared, but I was also really excited by the question and I wanted to share the experience with you and then I wanted to sort of translate it to a, an accountability context because I think there's a really strong application there. Here's the question she asked. She asked me, um, how are you finding our connection lately? How are you finding our connection lately? So again, just a very simple question, you know, like nothing, um, nothing profound about it, but it's kind of like, okay, now that we've talked about our lives, how are you finding the marriage overall? It's almost like, uh, how would you assess things? Are, are, are we doing okay? And the reason she asked that question is because you hear these stories of, of people who are in relationships and one person is, is just assuming like, you know, the marriage is good. Yeah, sure. We have, you know, our little squabbles here and there, but things are great. Meanwhile, the other person is just suffering and and in anguish and and struggling and they're feeling disconnected, but they're not speaking up about it or they don't have the safety 
to do it or they're not given the permission, the opportunity, the invitation to actually have that conversation. So when she asked me yesterday, I was kind of like, or uh, yesterday or whenever it was, when she asked me, I, I was kind of caught off guard by it. Like, oh, wow, that's a very probing question. Um, but I could immediately see the benefits of us going there and, and having the discussion. And, you know, when I really thought about it, I realized that I actually don't feel super connected to my wife. We, we've had a, a busy couple of weeks. We've, we've been hosting more friends lately because uh, the, the outdoor uh, limitations have opened up a little bit here. And, um, you know, and then like her family is moving. So we've been like helping them pack up and like, there's just been lots going on and we haven't had as many connection points. And I, I realized that I wasn't feeling super connected to her when she asked the question. And I, I didn't really think about it before that. But as soon as she, she posed the question, I realized, yeah, I, I do actually feel a little bit of disconnect, you know, and it's not because she had done anything wrong. It's not because, you know, it wasn't anything we had done. It was just sort of the state of affairs. And so I, um, you know, I was able to share openly and, and it's funny, she replied and she said, yeah, you know, I, I feel the same way as well. And I, I, um, I feel like we, we need to maybe make some adjustments to make sure that we're, we're connecting a bit more in the future here. And so, um, it's just amazing. You know, it was honestly like a seven minute conversation. Probably she shared a few minutes. I shared a few minutes and then we just agreed like, okay, let's see if we can get some time together in the mornings. Cause I'm, I'm like very rigid about my mornings, um, super regimented and she's not, you know, and she, she takes her time getting up. And usually by the time she's up, I'm working. So we just don't really cross paths much in the morning. But she agreed that she'd wake up a bit earlier, a little bit intently, just so we can get, you know, 20 minutes together before I really dive into my workday. And again, it's just, it just goes to show you what happens when you kind of ask these questions. And then you're willing to actually answer them honestly, right? That's the key. Because sometimes um, people learn these tricks or these like little secrets to your marriage, but then they they don't actually have the uh, the transparency and the relational equity that's required to carry them out effectively. And so, um, so for us, just because we have that trust with each other, uh, Shaloma and I have no problem having uh, transparent conversations with each other. Uh, we can be very frank and very upfront with with uh, one another. And um, and so, because that that transparency is built, we were able to have an honest conversation, and we were able to make some adjustments as a result. Now, the reason this has an application for accountability is because what we teach at Deep Clean is we, we don't give you accountability partners at Deep Clean. So, uh, we, yes, we provide you all the tools, all the teachings. Uh, we provide you group coaching. We, we give you a, a community, an online global community of people from around the world pursuing freedom just like you. Uh, we, we do all of that. We, we help you with all of it but we do not provide you an accountability partner for all the reasons that I mentioned. I I don't believe it's the most effective way to do accountability, to just partner you with a person. And here's the main reason, relational equity. Okay. Here, here is the thing. When you, uh, when you have a stranger join a program with another stranger and you connect them together, there is a chance that they will hit it off, that they'll feel comfortable around each other and that the accountability system works. Uh, there's an equal chance that it doesn't. In fact, there's a greater chance it doesn't because it, it takes a lot for people to really get along. And the chances of them, you know, getting along long term, you know, beyond the length of the program is 
uh, very, very slim. It's, it's quite rare. And I didn't like that because we're trying to play a long-term game here. We, we, we don't really want to play just a short, yeah, you did your 12 weeks and, and now you got your little breakthrough. Perfect. We, I'm not really interested in that personally. I'm, I'm looking at people's long-term success. I want to think about how do you get practices and routines and rhythms and disciplines and tools in your life that you can do two years, three years, five years down the road, long after you get free, uh, you can continue to do them and they're going to going to continue to add value to your life. So all of this boils down to relational equity. When you are getting matched up with somebody that you don't have any previous experience with, you have no relational equity in the bank. And because of that, there is very little to pull from in your moments of need. And so you might go to them initially when you're struggling. um, But what's going to happen eventually is uh, if that person doesn't deliver or if you run into some challenges or you don't feel safe or it's a, it's a really personal issue or whatever it is, you're not going to go to them. And usually what happens is they won't go to you either. Uh, the, the chances of you building that relational equity uh, to, to a reasonable place that it actually lasts long term is very, very rare. So instead, we encourage our guys to find people in your life that you already have relational equity. So so people that you've already got that kind of trust, maybe you've already had some conversations around sexuality and, and lust and integrity and all that kind of stuff, but people that you would feel comfortable with uh, inviting into your life on this part of your journey. So we say like, you know, you, you let them know that you're in a program, let them know that you want to continue to interact with them the way you normally do. Okay. That's kind of the idea these are people that you're regularly interacting with, but you're asking if, you know, for maybe 15 minutes a week, you can have this conversation about, um, you know, how you're doing in the program, how you're doing in this area of life, what you're learning. Are there any areas where you're struggling? That kind of thing. So we're, we're trying to, uh, basically integrate, with a pre-existing relationship where there's trust, there's safety, and there's the opportunity to be accountable in, in its truest form. And we have found that to be the most effective. And so I, I want to encourage you, you know, if you're not really that interested in, um, you know, your own accountability partner, you don't want to join an accountability system. This is a really great way to integrate accountability into your life. It's just to find those pre-existing relationships and then add this component, add this element. And usually what happens is it, it becomes mutually beneficial. The pre-existing equity in the relationship fuels the accountability system and the accountability system fuels the relational equity. And so you kind of have this mutual, mutually beneficial uh, relationship between the two and it ends up becoming really helpful for, uh, for the guy in his, in his progress, in his journey through freedom, and then for his long-term success in that friendship or that mentorship or whatever the relationship might be. Um, your accountability partner should not be your significant other, FYI. You need to get other people who are beyond uh, your romantic relationships uh, because they, um, you can only go so far. And uh, we want you to go as far as possible. We don't want you to have any limitations. And there are limitations of what you can and can't share with your significant other. And that's why I'm excited to share my interview with Andrew Blackwood next week because we're going to go into that a little bit more. Um, but the, the last thing I just wanted to say is, um, you know, the, the experience that my wife and I had where it's, it's like, okay, how are you finding this, this connection isn't working? Uh, these are the kinds of things that we should be doing in our relationships, like like a bunch of them, you know, maybe not all of them, 
But, you know, um, uh, if you have mentorships, uh, sorry, if you have mentors, if you have coaches, uh, you know, anywhere where you have meaningful relationships, it's really helpful to ask like, okay, how are you finding this? Is everything working out okay? Do we need to make any adjustments? And I mean, you know, in your friendships, that's going to be probably a little bit of a weird thing to do. You may not need to do that. Um, I think in more, your more formal relationships and certainly in your covenant relationships, you have to be doing this on a regular basis. And we know that in the workplace, this can be really effective as well to just to be able to ask for feedback and then make adjustments accordingly and uh, it's really the same thing. And I'd encourage you, if you are in a, some sort of accountability arrangement with another person, this would be another good thing to ask, like periodically, like, hey, how are you finding this accountability relationship? Is it working um, for the person who's receiving it? Assuming, you know, that it's you, you know, you're struggling and you're getting the accountability. Um, that, that person should be asking you like, hey, do you feel like this is helping you? Is there anything I can do differently to help you better? And likewise, you can ask them, hey, are, are you finding this okay? Is this impacting our, our friendship? Uh, do we need to make some adjustments there? So uh, I just want to encourage you with this, this kind of model for accountability. This is really what it should look like. It's, it's that you are always focused on building relational integrity. And then it's regularly checking in and making sure that what you set out for is actually taking place, you know, that the, the purposes you had in mind are actually being fulfilled and that if they aren't evaluating, what are the changes we can make? And, um, and how do we go about doing that? And then agreeing to make those changes together. And then again, evaluating those changes and making sure that everything continues to build relational equity and support the purposes of the relationship. So I hope this helps you guys. Uh, I want to let you know that I am releasing a weekly newsletter with uh, insights and inspiration for men who want to recover from pornography or men who want to grow in their sexual integrity. And if that's you, I encourage you to go to my website, sathiasam.com and subscribe to my mailing list. It's uh, on the homepage. You just scroll to the bottom. Um, you can fill in your email there and that'll make sure that you get weekly updates from me, uh, weekly insights, kind of, uh, you know, this recent research findings and, uh, and some real life examples as well from, from what's going on with my clients and previous clients. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.